Hello everybody and welcome back to Karen's Couch. What a treat to share today's episode with you. And like I said on um, my previous podcast, these shows are gonna come at you thick and fast each time I get myself <laughs> inspired and empowered and feeling like I've got some messages from consciousness for you. So I'm very, very excited to share today's show with you. Today's show is all about understanding that the minute we make a claim or a statement about ourselves, we have allowed ourselves to create an identity. And in today's show, we are going to smash your identity to pieces and you're going to love it. Strap yourselves in, everyone. You heard a calling from a void deep inside and you answered ready and found yourself here at Karen's Couch. Welcome to your quest of personal mastery. So welcome, welcome back to Karen's Couch. So today, it's a really interesting topic actually. I've been doing a lot on um, Facebook these last couple of days, simply because as we move into 2024, um, it's now November 2023. And as we move into 2024, I'm taking on a couple of extra coaching clients. Most of my clients roll, roll over year to year, um, but this year I'm actually opening up two more spots. So it's a bit exciting. And so I've been doing some content on social media about um, the coaching that I do and what it's like to work with me. But what it's actually done is it's really moved the needle for me in terms of the conversation that I'm going to be having with everybody in 2024. It's very much, and yes, you know, I always focus on businesses because our businesses are always a reflection of ourselves. But what I'm focusing in on in 2024 and certainly in today's message is identity. So many of us tie our place in the world to a label or a series of labels. You know, I'm a girl, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an auntie. I'm a businesswoman, I'm a professional speaker, I'm an author. And whenever we meet each other or we start conversations, we ask each other what they do and that sort of spurs more and more conversation because of the way that we identify ourselves. So in today's show, I want to kind of pull it apart a little bit in terms of how the identity comes to be known and why we grasp for an identity because it's actually much bigger than what you think. And if we, can if we can actually embrace the reason why we reach for an identity, then you'll see that the identity is empty, meaningless and worthless. And you made it all up. So if we are making up our identity and we're going to be making up something, well, we might as well make up something that is profoundly expansive for ourselves to live into. But hopefully after today's show, we'll have enough self-awareness to con consider that um, there is something else possible other than tying ourselves to labels. So let's dive in. Let's have a listen. Let's have a look at what the identity is and how it's established because it's actually really interesting when you unpack it. From the moment that we're born, we start, we start experiencing experiences. We start having experiences and we also start listening to the values, the beliefs and the ideas of our society and our era. And also, most importantly, our primary caregivers, which are our mother and father or guardians, whoever it is at the time for you. Um, and we start to 
mimic some of those values because we don't know any better. So we either accept those values or we do the opposite of those values. But either way, our parents' values or our guardians' values drive whether we accept them or we reject them. And from there, we begin to attract experiences that prove us right. The universe is very concerned about you being right. It wants you to feel like you're winning all the time, which is so beautiful because it makes me see how much the universe conspires for us. Even though sometimes it feels like it's conspiring against us, from the moment we land or we take our first breath here, the universe is conspiring for our, our yes. It's conspiring for our feeling of completeness, wholeness and and, and, and being. So we start attracting certain experiences to ourselves based on what we've gathered. From those experiences, as we continue to grow older, from those experiences, we develop what's called identities. Those identities are based on labels that societies use. So like I said earlier, sister, mother, daughter, auntie, uncle, brother, father, uh, business person, self-employed, um, somebody working in corporate, an accountant, a dentist, a doctor. We all have labels that we attach to ourselves. From those labels, we then begin attracting more experiences that confirm those labels to be correct. So let's start thinking about some of us that have experiences that are not so great. You know, when we have traumas or when we have issues that, you know, we feel completely powerless in, things like domestic violence, things like me being blown up in a bomb blast, um, suicide, depression, anxiety. These are things that are very prevalent in today's society, especially for our young kids. We start attracting certain experiences towards ourselves so that then it confirms that we are right, that we are not good enough. We spend our entire lives looking to be good enough and then trying to use our identities as the swing that will get us to good enough. Never really works though, does it? If you really pull it apart and think about it, what we identify with doesn't actually make us those things. I'm a Bali bombing survivor. I'm somebody who's been through suicide. I'm somebody who's had depression. But the fact that I've had those experiences, does that make me who I am? No, it actually doesn't. It creates parts of my character and it has definitely created memories. But is that who I am? And the piece that I want us to begin to understand here is we go out looking for profound experiences, amazing experiences that are life-changing, awe-inspiring and make us feel amazing. And we desperately look for these experiences all the time. We look for them with our money, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our work, in our families, in our homes, in our hobbies and the things that we do. We're always looking for more experiences to enhance ourselves so that we can become something better, so that we can leap to a new level of life. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. In fact, I think that that's amazing because that's part of expansion. But the piece that's missing in this equation is the self-awareness piece in asking ourselves, why do we constantly look for more? Is that innate? 
Yes, it is innate. And by adding extra labels to ourselves, does that make us more when we have a good look inside? When we have poor experiences or challenging experiences and traumas, we tend to hang our hat on those and then they become, those traumas kind of carve us out as part of our identity. We hang our hat on that and we say, yeah, well, you know, I'm a Bali bombing survivor. It makes me someone. It, it gives me some kind of relevance. And I'm also a businesswoman. That gives me relevance. And I'm a daughter. That gives me relevance. And I'm a wife. And I'm a dog lover. And all the things that I am. It gives me a level of relevance. But when I really have a look at it and I pull it apart and I go, well, why am I wanting to add more labels to myself? I'm going to give you the answer real quick and then we're going to pull that apart too. We're not looking for more. We're looking for all. Try that on. We don't just want more. We want all of it. We want everything. We want it all. <sighs> I'm so glad those words are out. <laughs> because I know I'm not alone. And here's the thing. Now we're going to go spiritual because you can't, you can't go practical without going spiritual. Because the truth of the matter is everything is consciousness. Everything you look at is consciousness. If it, is, exist, if it exists, it is consciousness. It may not have language and it may not be sentient, self-aware and self-thinking. It may not be like a chair, but it is vibrating. There is energy there holding those particles together, meaning the fact that the energy is in existence. The energy is the consciousness holding the particles together. Now, step that up to your pets. They are more, I guess, conscious. Then step that into trees, plants, flowers. They are also conscious. They have an intelligence that bakes them, that makes them grow, that makes them die, that makes, them, makes the, 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 the fluid circulate, makes them send messages through the networks of the roots underneath the ground. There is a, there is a consciousness all existence has that allows it to exist and then those are that are living things have another level of consciousness it's like another dimension if you like and we do talk about dimensions if you think about you know the first dimension that's kind of like our rocks and our minerals um, and then we go to the second dimension of our plant life and trees and the third dimension is our animals and then our fourth dimension is the humans and then fifth dimensions obviously moves on through time and space into, um, you know, a different analysis of consciousness in those dimensions. But if you're interested in that, let me know and I can do a show on it for us. Um, but I'm just going to kind of stick to what's relevant here today in this show. And that is that everything is consciousness, but occurring on different levels, different dimensions, let's say. Here in the third and fourth dimension, which us humans have access to, for those of us that behave like animals and you know that they're out there, they are still existing in the third dimension. For those of us that are waking up, that are raising our consciousness and raising our um, vibrational frequency, we are entering into the fourth dimension and some even floating with the fifth dimension. When we look at those dimensions, inside of those dimensions are rules or or stipulations that make those dimensions function 
So when we make a statement that says, I am a dentist, I am a daughter, I am a sister, I am a businesswoman, what it puts out into the field of consciousness is a pinched off, very limited expression of the consciousness of which I am. The minute I attach a label to myself, I am pinching off the consciousness of which I am. I'm limiting it. So by me launching all of these I am statements out into the field, the field will then bring to me that which I attract. So my point of magneticnicity, if that's a word, is so limited because of the identities that my experiences have caused me to label myself with. My experiences have caused me to label myself with my identity. The values that I think are mine are not mine. They are values that have been handed down from generation to generation and I have either accepted them or done the opposite of them, but it's still those original values of my primary caregivers that have driven the values I've chosen for myself today. Does that make sense to you guys? So here we are thinking we're these free beings and we're thinking for ourselves and we're not. <laughs> we're actually not. We're not as free as we think we are. We are trapped, if you like, in an identity bubble, in an identity prison that is giving us who we think we are. Now, if I'm an accountant, is that all that I am? No, of course not. But if I'm a sister, a daughter, an auntie, and a, and a dog lover, and, a, and, an, and an artist, and an astrologer, and a psychologist, and a counsellor, and a NLP practitioner, and a coach, and a friend, and a lover, and a, you know, I can go on. You know? <laughs> There's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of labels. And if I wrote them all down and stuck them up on a wall, I reckon I'd have a hundred. But every single one of those labels in the field of consciousness limits me to attracting those experiences that are associated with those labels, with that identity. Now, the more labels I add because I'm hungry, I'm starving for growth, I'm seeking to fill a void deep inside that is desperate for truth and wholeness and completion. So I'm looking for more all the time. And I know I'm not alone. We're all the same, you know, it's just whether we are willing to admit it or whether we've thought about it or whether we even have the language for it. We're all the same. So me going out and looking for more and more and more, all that it does is it adds to my pool of identities. When in actual fact, I'm not looking for more. I'm looking for it all. I want it all. That's the innate desire that lives within us. So that desire for expansion, that desire to lift and rise and to expand into something exceptional, something outstanding, something, um, God, words are almost bankrupt here, aren't they? That desire to really uh, expand beyond the skin bag, man, like... <laughs> to really be massive, to be something profound, doesn't come from an identity and more labels. It comes from recognizing that what you want is the all. You want all, you want everything. 
And in order for us to access that all and that everything, get ready to have your noodle baked, my lovelies. In order to have access to the everything and the all that is constantly calling us, first, we must realize that we are nothing. I'm just going to explain that again. In order to access everything and to be everything and to experience everything as you, you must then realize that you are not one thing. You are no thing. You're nothing. And in that nothingness is everything. But when you think you're a whole bunch of things, you can't have everything. It's like that Japanese proverb, and I hope I get this right, but it's a Japanese proverb about a, a, a bowl of rice that is full. Can't have more rice added. But the rice bowl that is empty and always empty can always keep having more rice added. And it's the same concept with us. What does it take? Yes, great question, great question. It takes being willing to see the world differently. Willing to see that a tree is the same as you and allow your sentientness, your heart, your imagination, your mind, your thoughts, your, your senses to interact with that tree in a way that you become consumed by it. We have the ability to look at a tree and say, this is me. This is part of me. I am the same. And from a scientific point of view, we do actually know that that is true. The only difference is the tree doesn't have legs nor language. But the tree is just as conscious as you are. So the tree and me are existing in the same consciousness. We are the same consciousness. The leaves on those trees are the same consciousness. When those leaves die, it's like my skin cells dying and dropping off. When I look at an animal, I can look at the animal and I can feel the animal as me. It is not separate from me. It is me. It's consciousness in a different form, but it is still just like me. It's identical to me. We are existing in the same consciousness. We may be existing on different levels because of our self-awareness um, and our ability to self-regulate, but we are existing in the same conscious realms. When I look at the, the chair and I look at the dining table and I look at my television, and I look at my computer, and I look at my massage ball, these are just the things that I've got around me at the moment. I'm the same as those things. They have consciousness, like, which is exactly the same as my consciousness. The only difference is they don't know I exist, but I know they exist. So when we begin to see the world differently, and you must be willing to see things differently, because everything is consciousness, of that we can't deny. Everything is consciousness, and consciousness is everything. So everything is conscious, and consciousness is everything. So when I say we're looking for all, not just more, 
we're looking for the all of consciousness. We're looking to be consumed, the all-consuming nature of consciousness. And it's happening already, always, anyway. The difference is whether you dance with it and you recognize it, or whether you live oblivious and watch your Netflix and scroll on your phone and get distracted with um, all the things that you think are going to bring you that fulfillment. And they never do, by the way. And we can actually use evidence to have a look at that. You can look back on your life and the evidence proves no matter how hard you search, no matter how far you go or where you travel, you will always look for more. So what you have is never enough. It's never, ever enough. Evidence proves that to be true. So why not try something different for a minute? Why not try it? What have we got to lose? You can always go back to searching. You can always go back to trying to find more for yourself. Why not try taking on board what I'm sharing with you right now and understanding that you are consciousness. You know that. You know you are a conscious living expression of life. You know that about yourself. And you know that you have the ability to self-regulate. Meaning, if you think a certain way, you know you can change your mind on things. We change our mind on things all the time. One minute we like somebody, the next minute we don't. One minute we like chocolate ice cream, the next minute we like vanilla. We know we can change our mind. That's that part, effortless. However, well, I won't say effortless because that does take a little bit of effort, but we do know that we can change our mind. That much we know. So our ability to self-regulate and our ability to be self-aware puts us in the height of consciousness as it exists around us on this planet. Human beings are the height of consciousness, which is why we can exist in the fourth and the fifth dimension, simply because we have the ability to move through the dimensions based on our vibrational frequency and our thoughts and our emotions that are attached to those. So if I'm looking to be all and everything, I am going to make an effort to see things differently. I'm going to make the effort to look at the person that I've been fighting with or that I've been irritated by or that I haven't spoken to for 10 years and I'm going to be looking at them differently, saying, you are consciousness like me. And we hurt the same way. We bleed the same blood. You have different thoughts to me, for sure. And I don't have to agree with those thoughts, but you are still consciousness and you are exactly the same as me meaning you are a skin bag of existence that is exactly the same as me. And if you wanting, if we know that what we're wanting is all, it doesn't mean all except for some. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. It means all, everything, everyone, every place, every piece of existence. You have to be willing to see it for the truth of what it is rather than not seeing it at all, or rather than using your perceptions or your experiences or your identity as reasons to exclude things um, in your life. So what do I mean by that? When I identify as a competitive businesswoman, which, yeah, in the past I absolutely have, and I'm going to say it, I'm a ferocious competitor, have been for sure. So when I identify myself that way, then anybody else in my field, I'm automatically, my identity is automatically going to place them in competition with me. And then I'm going to set about making sure that I am able to compete. 
and that I am able to um, enhance myself and grow myself and to become more. So on one hand, you know, those sorts of situations are great because it kind of really elevates you really quickly in your own ability to leap in this life. But you're still, I'm still not, if that was me, I'm still not seeing it properly. Yes, it's giving me expansion on the level of the third dimension, but it's not giving me expansion on the level of growing through dimensions. Does this make sense? When we're looking for expansion to grow through the third dimension and into the fourth dimension and really grow our minds and really expand our consciousness and really fulfill that need inside, you can't fulfill it in the third dimension because the third dimension is more base level. It's more animal level. It's not sentient, self-regulating expressions of consciousness that recognize they are one with all. And that's the advantage that we have if we're willing to see the world that way. And when we are willing to see the world that way, we have no need for an identity because we're no longer searching for labels to make ourselves something. We recognize that I am everything and I am also nothing. So in order to have everything and be everything, I must also be nothing. So that then there is room for everything. Does that make sense? I can't be carrying the weight of labels with me in order to experience life and consciousness as all included within me. The minute I do that, minute I see everything in my home, every person in my sphere, in my world, every job, every client, every, every experience, I see it for what it is, but I don't allow it to form an identity for me. I see it for what it is as an experience on this planet inside of this skin bag, sharing my life with others. And that experience, now I'm not looking at it in terms of going, oh, okay, well, I've just sat down with a client and we've done this and that for their coaching session. No, I'm looking at it from this perspective of I have just sat down inside of these conscious walls, vibrating with energy, with another conscious sentient being, and we are exploring opportunities for her or his expansion. Now, they may not see things the way that I do, but that's my job as a coach is to hold a vision much grander than what any client of mine would ever hold for themselves. Whether they ever know that that's the vision I hold for them, I don't know. If the conversation comes up and they ask, I'll definitely tell them. But for the most part, I am holding that space because I am functioning in the fourth dimension reality because I'm actually seeing what's real. I'm not seeing the distraction, the pain, the suffering, the difficulties, the challenge, the bitching, the moaning, the groaning, the darkness, the evil, the wrongs, everybody's wrong, nothing is easy. I'm not seeing life through that lens. I'm seeing life through a lens of I am consciousness one with all, which then gives me unlimited power. It gives me unlimited ability to maneuver my experience and to call in the aspects of consciousness that are going to expand me because I know I am all, with all, I am everything, which makes me, as I said before, unlimited and powerful. It is a very different expression. It's a very different life. 
And I want to give you guys that op or an opportunity to try this on. Try and experience yourself through this lens. And instead of trying to get rid of your identities, because, you know, we're probably well habituated with our labels. Instead of doing that as your first step, make your first step a step outside. Put your hands on a tree. Go and hold a plant. And just look at the leaves, look at the trunk of the tree and, and, and just see if you can get your, your mind, your heart to open up and see if you can begin to imagine yourself as one with that tree and see what happens for you. See what you can experience and the imagination, I'm telling you my friends, the imagination is the portal. It is not for nothing and it's not a plaything. it's not a toy. The imagination is the portal into other realms. It's the most incredible gift that we've been given, but we have never been taught how to use it. The imagination is your, it's the, it's the, it's the gateway that opens up the new earth. It opens up the new experience of life for you. It opens up the doorway. It allows you to experience yourself as the tree. It allows you to experience yourself as the chair, as the cushion, as the massage ball. It allows you to experience yourself as everything. And from that place, you've now opened yourself up to all of consciousness. If you are able to hold this and maintain this and make this your new way of seeing, if you're able to hold that, then the, the more this becomes your natural way of being, the more consciousness is opened up for you, the more power is opened up for you, the more your magnetic point of attraction pulls in effortlessly the things that you need to exist on a physical plane. It pulls in magnificently the kind of light and experiences that all of consciousness is entitled to. We are entitled to live these expansive, empowered, profound lives. That, my loves, is why we're here, is to experience consciousness for all that it is. And it is not outside of you, it is all within you. You are the greatest expression of consciousness that exists on this planet. And so am I. And so is the person you haven't spoken to for 10 years. And so is your boss. And so is your banker. And so is the tax man. We are all consciousness. And to exclude anything means we just have not quite got it yet. To exclude anything, anywhere, anytime means that we're still working towards it. So do yourself a favor and set aside differences that you have with people in your life. Just set them aside for a minute. You can always pick them back up again. Set them aside for a minute. And if you can't resolve them in a way that has that person exit your life because they're in your life all the time, Trust me, everything is consciousness. Everything is consciousness. That person is in your life or the, that situation is in your life 
for a reason. It is there to have you expand beyond yourself, meaning beyond the human pinched off exclusion, identity driven self. It's there to have you expand beyond all of those limitations. Because as soon as you say, I am irritated by that person, I am hurt by that person, you've now launched another rocket of limitation into the field of consciousness of which we exist. And of course, consciousness is always, and the universe is always set up to make you right. So the minute you identify as being a certain way or feeling a certain way, consciousness will bring you experiences to make you right until you use those um, situations or people as a platform to leap from, to say, you know what? I can finally be grateful for so-and-so who's been so horrible to me. I can finally be grateful for that because they were meant to show me a way through my identity about who and what I think I am. Because did that person actually poke a hole in me? Did that person actually break me? Am I still standing? If you're still standing and you're still here, man, you survived it. So it's time to actually look to those issues as platforms to grow from. And all of those issues and people that cause you consternation, they are there to make you become more. But it's not just more, it's all. If you're willing to see through the eyes of somebody who is consciousness expressed rather than a small, lonely, little person that is made up of experiences and identification labels. See yourself as the fullest expression on this planet of consciousness that is able to include everything and everyone as myself. And from that place, I am then, get this, I am then the only governing force in this situation, in any situation. I am the governing force, the only governing force in every situation because I am the fullest expression of consciousness in this dimension. Now, those are not limiting statements being launched into the field of consciousness. Those are statements when you know it, those are statements that has more weight, more power, more energy that then allows you to become this magnet for the most profound life experience that's not just about money, homes and cars. It is about those things, but it's not just about those things. It's about your expansion. It's about your allness. Your allness? Yeah, your allness. Let's make that a word. It's about you being everything, all, in all realms, in all dimensions, in all of consciousness. You are already that. We just haven't learned to see properly. So in your willingness to see differently, you'll find yourself recognizing that you are actually all, you are one with all, which then also makes you everything, which then makes you 
nothing. And it's a beautiful thing. Now I get that today's podcast may be a little bit of a noodle baker. So if you have got questions for me, I really want you to email me or I want you to find me on social media. Go to Facebook Karen's Couch, go to Instagram Karen's underscore couch. You can leave me a message on SpeakPipe, which is a little link in the show notes where you can actually ring up or do it on your computer, ring up and leave me a message and talk to me. I would just love that. Ask me some questions. Let me know what's on your mind about this because I know that when I start to share these sorts of pieces of content, I know it's opening doors for us. But for some of us, it's the first time we've heard it and it can feel confusing and it can feel like it's all too hard and it's all too much. But I want to share with you that if you are feeling that way, even that feeling is purposeful because confusion always precedes understanding. So before we understand anything, of course, we must be confused first. That's the natural order of things. So if you feel confused by this podcast, get excited because what's coming for you is greater understanding. And if you can leave me a message and let me know the parts that you're confused about or the things that you want some extra clarity on, I will record a show for you personally. I promise I will. I would love to hear from you guys and I would love to share in your ride. I hope today's podcast has opened your eyes to something a little bit different. And we are diving down the rabbit hole and we are going in a different direction. But you know what? We are ready for it. There is a new earth coming. We're already part of it. There is an ascension occurring and we are already a part of it. We just have to change the way we see things. And you know, this just brings me, and I'm going to close with this. If you guys have seen The Matrix, there's a part in The Matrix where Neo is rescued and he wakes up on the Nebuchadnezzar and he says to Morpheus, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus says, because you've never used them before. And he's so right on. And it's been said a thousand times that The Matrix is a documentary, not a movie. Think of it in that context. The way we've been conditioned to see life to see ourselves and to see possibilities and to see expansion and worse to see identity. The way we've been conditioned has conditioned the way we see things, therefore interact with things and label things and then become something. That's been a conditioned way of seeing the world. But there is freedom and it's calling and knocking at your door just by the very fact that you're listening to this show. Freedom from the conditioning is calling at you right now. And it starts with your simple willingness to see things differently. Your simple willingness to go out and hold a tree, stand next to a tree if you don't want to look like a peanut if you're out in public, just stand next to a tree, lean on it. But then while you're leaning on it, allow your imagination to tap into it, to feel its heartbeat, to feel its energy, to feel the, 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 the pulsating vibration of that tree and then allow yourself to say to yourself, allow yourself to experience yourself as one with it. It's not separate from you. It's just consciousness in a different form, but it's not separate from you. It's just like you. So now you wouldn't want to chop that tree down if your life depended on it. And it's the same with our animals. When we look at our animals, and I know that people who are meat eaters are going to struggle with what I'm about to say. But when we look at our animals and we see that they are consciousness expressed in a different form, but they are just like us, then how can we 
How can we be so inhumane and treat them with such, oh gosh, such uh, uh, conditioned, <laughs> desensitized, sickening, inhumane practices that makes them into food for us? You know, I, 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 that when you begin to see life through these eyes, you begin to see everything is you. You are one with everything and you begin to feel the heartbeat and the frequency of the planet. Then go and lie on your front lawn or your back lawn or the beach and begin to feel the heartbeat and the frequency of the earth underneath you, knowing you are one with it. When you begin to feel the world and all that is conscious around you, when you begin to feel its beat and its energy as yourself, as your own, you begin to see life as so much more beautiful, so much more profoundly. And the level of gratitude that oozes from every pore and every tear that you'll feel will blow your mind. And from that becomes the point of attraction that the universe actually put us all here for. It's the point of attraction of overcoming and embracing the reality of who and what we truly are and really what we're here for. It's profound. There's nothing that beyond that words are bankrupt. So please, my friends, I'm, I, I can't implore you enough to give this a try. And once you've tried it, I can promise you, you'll never go back because a mind stretched to a new dimension can never return to its original shape or its original dimension. <laughs> I hope this has been um, thought provoking for you guys. As most of my podcasts, I try to keep them thought provoking because that's what's going on inside of my noodle. <laughs> so I hope this podcast has been thought provoking for you guys. I'm sending you so much love. I can't wait to hear from you about your efforts to become everything, therefore becoming nothing. I can't wait to hear from you. Please send me a message. Let me know how this unfolds for you. All my love until the next Karen's Couch podcast. Bye for now.